From Uniforms to Unicorns is sponsored by Brand 47 Coffee, which was founded by Holly and Alex, both first responders looking to create a sustainable business to pass on to their two sons with Down syndrome, Jax and Nico. Thinking about the future has always been in the forefront of their heads for their boys, creating meaningful employment and independence as adults. The only way to do that was to create it. Brand 47 Coffee Co. provides the most unique and fun-flavored coffee. Seriously, it is so good. Our Mine and Sharon's favorite is the Coco Loco. It's coconut-infused. It is to die for. All of their coffee is small batch and roasted to order. They are incredible people doing incredible things. Their vision is to keep the world caffeinated, to stay special, and be extra. You can find them at brand47coffee.com. Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond. Friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other. Through huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there is huge curiosity surrounding these topics. And we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared. And we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of correction. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> From uniforms to unicorns. Hey, Lauren here. Just wanted to remind you that some of the things that Sharon and I and our guests talk about on this podcast can have adverse effects or bring on triggers for experiences that you have had in the past. So we just wanted to give you a little bit of a warning before you listen to any of the podcast episodes and say, take care of yourself. And thank you again for being here and listening. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. My greasy running hair. Lovely. Okay. I know. It's all right. Looking you, good. You'll post a picture picture for everyone to see. So a close-up. <laughs> a close-up, too, of, of just course. you. Oh, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> so here, here we go again. Uh, we're, you know, coming back with a new season. Uh, we're super excited today. We've got Sam. She's from the Sammy A podcast and um, Holy Hood. So yeah. hi, Sam. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Thanks for Thank being you. here. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me on your <laughs> podcast because I'm total fangirling. You're hilarious. Love it, Love it so much. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, we're very excited to have you here today and learn about you. And uh, we we follow you on social media. So we know you've been through quite uh, a journey over the last little while um yes. and you're uh, you're from correction so we we know that side of things uh quite significantly so we are very excited to hear your story and what's been going on for you so um tell us what led you to corrections <laughs> okay well to simply put it uh in high school I was an asshole and I really didn't care it was just about graduating so in my head I knew I was gonna get a diploma not a degree 
-hmm. And I sat down with the Bow Valley College book and I looked through all the careers and it's all of the courses and it said correctional studies. And I was like, what the hell is correctional studies? So I looked up the course and then I was like, oh, so then I was Googling and then researching and I was like, actually that I've never heard of that job. You know, you've seen it on movies, never met anybody in my life who did that job. So I was like, I can do that. And then I was thinking, and I was like, you know, in this life, there are so many people and there are the people that are in high school and they're not assholes and they want to be doctors and they go do that and help the world by being smart and being doctors. (laughs) And so for me, I justified it. Like, I think I could do that job and I think I'd be good at that job. So that's my duty to the world to do that job. Corny as it sounds, as corny as that sounds, I was like, I'm going to help people. Yes. We were going to help people too, weren't we? I know. We sure (laughs) were. (laughs) So I really actually wanted to work with youth at first because, you know, kids, oh, it's so sad, so tragic. And uh, I got through my first year and we went to the Calgary Young Offender Center just for a tour. And we were in their um, A&D area and there's this young offender out the window and he's banging, banging, banging. And then he's like, hey, bitches. And he's giving us the finger. And I was like, then there, I was like, no, I cannot deal with children like that. So I was like, I'll go adult. (laughs) I'll go adult. Babysit the adults. That's what we called it. Babysitting. Yeah, babysit. <laughs> yeah, I just I justified it like I, I don't think I could handle a kid talking to me like that, but probably an adult. Mm. All yeah. right. And so you went to uh provincial corrections, right? Mm-hmm, I did. I went to remand. And when did you start that? Um so I funny story. I finished correctional studies in 2010 and then um I applied at the remand and I went to go get my physical and uh like my doctor to sign off for my co-pat and I found out I was pregnant on my second oh okay (laughs) so stall that stay at home mom uh get a divorce and then I have an education, no career. So I went straight into correction. So I went from being a stay-at-home mom straight up to CLBT. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was within six months, it was a pretty big transition. So for the kids too, right? Having me home. My daughter was 18 months, so she was young. You have two kids? I have three. I have five, actually. <laughs> We're a blended family, but I oh, biologically okay. have three. Oh, got you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you stay at home. So when did you start actually start in corrections? 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, uh, you go to that job. What, what, what was that like? What was your first like couple days? Like, did you think, wow, I don't know if I can do this or. Oh no. I was like, I am here. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I was so excited. I loved it. And my now husband actually, uh, who's an officer there as well. And he was such an asshole. 
and uh, he would make fun of us because there was a huge group of us that were hired at the same time and they would just mock us and tease us and yeah now he's my husband <laughs> <laughs> that happens quite often in corrections hey <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely absolutely okay so you go you're having fun you're enjoy you you enjoyed it yeah. for the first yeah. How long? How long did it take you to not enjoy it? Is my question. <laughs> I, I think every two years, there was probably three months where I was like, what the hell am I doing? I need to get out of here. And then you get over that little hump because something good happens. And then you laugh and smile again for a year. But yeah, like I don't feel for anybody that corrections is a career that you go into that you should plan on staying in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes a... It, it definitely takes a, a toll. And I mean, I, I actually know people that have gone through corrections and you can, you can have a, a, a career in corrections, but not as a corrections officer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like yes, there are other avenues, there's programs and there's parole and there's manage, like there's so many other things you can do. I think, and I've talked to so many people and I'm like, maybe that's where I went wrong, right? Like, I just thought I'm just going to do this. I don't want to climb the ladder. I'm not interested in doing this thing. Right. Like I did fire training. Um, Mm -hmm. and I did actually really love that. Um, and I think it kept me there longer probably than I would have, if I didn't take on that additional role and find some purpose and something outside of what I was doing. But I think, yeah, to go in and believe that you are going to be an officer for 25 years Mm. is ludicrous actually. (laughs) Well, and provincials 30. Oh, is oh. it? And provincial is very like, and I it's feel like, with, yeah, so we get, different. we get, so where Sharon and I worked with federally sentenced. So they get two years plus a day and provincial, I did provincial in Lethbridge, but not as a corrections officer, as like a caseworker. Um, it's co-ed number one, right? Mm-hmm. So you're men and women. And then they're, they rotate out of there so quickly, right? So Sharon and I at least had the ability to build rapport with some of those violent offenders, um, lifers. Right. And, and you were able to navigate, and I'm sure you see the same thing as us. It's the same 200 women just rotated through 120 cells. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, we don't have room for you. Oh, now you're in, now you're out. Uh, it's the same ones. It was very rare that what that they came back and we didn't know who they were. Right. Absolutely. I remember an orientation. They were like, you were going to see the same people. It's a revolving door. And I'm like, okay, so after I'm there for like two, three years, I'll start recognizing people. And it was like six months and I, like they were all no one be by name. And I was like, everyone knows me. I know them. Like, what the hell? Like, stop coming here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this place totally. sucks, guys. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think the big difference between us is that I probably dealt with a lot more withdrawal women and yeah. poop and puke oh, oh at least when we Ugh. at least when we got them they had a shower at Reman, right like at least yeah, so I was the one pushing them in the shower <laughs> yeah at least when we got them they'd been they were coming from Reman, right yeah. like so and they'd been sentenced and whatever so they they'd at least had a shower and a few other um things before they can yeah I I don't envy those trip searches I'll tell you that much (laughs) you know what though like it was fun I always had so much fun with it and I met some great friends I met a lot of fair weather friends holy but uh 
a lot of great friends that I have and uh, just the bonds that you create because the situations you see, like me and my husband, he was my supervisor, like my acting supervisor a lot. And we'd be in a lot of situations together and we'd have so much fun. Yeah. And we just look back at it now and we, we laugh because those are good memories, but you can't talk to normal people about that. No, it's so, it's so true. Sharon and I laugh about like things that we were in or uh, we remember we were, uh, we just interviewed someone right before you and she was talking about like an incident while she was on uh, her OJT training and how, I, and she started talking. I'm like, oh fuck, I feel like I'm in this story. Yeah. <laughs> it was that's like, right. Oh, that was such a good night. That was awesome. Oh, um, that's hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious. And it's and it's crazy shit that when you start telling people, they're <laughs> just like, can't. what? You can't yeah, exactly. You can't tell your normal outside of jail friends stuff, right? They're like, you can't do they're like, we want you to come to this party. You can't do all your jail stuff. Like you have to be normal. Like, okay, I can, I think I can do that, but <laughs> try not Those to Those parties tell. are boring anyway. I know. <laughs> tell, until you get to tell a story, somebody says, so what do you do? And you're like, can i looking at my best friend. Am I allowed to talk? Am I allowed to say what I do, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's fun because everyone wants to know, right? Yeah. 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 I remember when I was at COBT, so provincial, that was correctional officer basic training. And then I came back on the weekend and it was my girlfriend's birthday. So I went to her house and she was like, can you show us all the moves? So I'm like (laughs) drunk on the ground, rolling around with myself. (laughs) I did that in a party once too. I almost broke a guy's arm though. Like almost, I threw him into a wrist throw and like had him on the ground at this house party and everybody was just dying. And like for four days, he's like, I think my arm's broken. I used to Sharon I used to take my sister down and like my sister said something to me one time in the superstore when we were in training and I was like I'm gonna take you down bitch and I wrist threw her in like the pop section of superstore. <laughs> like, don't don't do like anytime she says something that she knows it pisses me off she's like don't throw me on the ground <laughs> see it's so funny my best friend from correction she is like five foot five and she and she would always get flack from some of the males supervisors or males like oh you can't handle it you can't do it and I'm like that she takes me down all the time like <laughs> yeah. she takes me down hard she is sneaky and she's quick yeah. yeah that was yeah me I'm only five foot two and like I think when I started corrections I was like 115 pounds yeah and uh thankfully I didn't have to take anyone down for a while when I first started but yeah and then you prove yourself and then they're like, oh, yeah, you're good. get Lauren you're good. down here. Yeah, we get her yeah. down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. So good. So, or like you get to a point where you don't have to take them down. They see you coming and they know that you will. <laughs> so they're like, okay, settle down, Fernandez. I'm like, I'm not going to settle down. You settle the fuck down, right? And do it now. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm, just with, I'm just with Sharon, like, I got you, but we're not going to have to do anything. We don't have to do anything. <laughs> because working I will take unit, you down but like working a unit with you too it's just like probably would rent all laughs and then someone fucked around and then it's like serious shit deal <laughs> yes. with it and then you're back to laughing <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> we put our little game on hold remember we had that game that we played with the matches yes we had these color match I don't know I don't even know what it, it was a poker I uh, maybe I don't even know because <laughs> yeah we there was no like sell you couldn't 
take your phones in. You couldn't, so we'd invent all these games. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. When I think and they're back, like, I'm like, we know you guys are playing that game in the office. We're like, shut up. Like, stop. Met- like, you guys are good. We're good. Like, why do we have to fuck around all night? Yeah, just, just leave us alone. Just leave us alone and we'll... <laughs> we're awake we know if something's gonna happen exactly yeah it was funny it was so funny (laughs) okay so I wanted to ask so how long is your is the CO basic training uh 13 weeks 13 weeks and did you have to go away for it yeah it's in Edmonton yeah at the solicitor general staff college okay so that's where the the sheriffs do their training uh fish and wildlife yeah and corrections cool very cool. Did Very you love cool. training? You know what I did? Yeah. And like, I bought into it because I was all for it, right? And there was a, quite a few guys who were like in the military or like ex-military in my class. So they would be like, oh, this, they're just hyping us up for this, or this is this type of training, or they're doing this. And it's like, man, like, stop telling me. I am having fun with the suspense of them <laughs> making me cry and then making me kick their ass the next day. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so wow. you, do you train with firearms and everything? No. So I no. know when my husband did, they did like split sheriff classes because they wanted us at one point to be like uh, versatile to work both, but they stopped oh, doing okay. that. But no, we just do baton training and uh, OC spray. Hmm. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same as us. Same as female. So we didn't, so we yeah. didn't. We didn't get batons, did we? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember. We only I would, got I'd like, like outside escorts. We we didn't carry batons, but we were trained because we trained with the dudes that were going to the max. Oh right. So right. we didn't go to firearms, but we trained in self-defense with a baton. Okay. Don't you See, remember like the Oh yeah, yeah. And that was we And you weren't allowed we, to like you had to like hit them on the back at certain spots in the back. You weren't allowed to like hit here. Yes. Or the head. Yeah. Oh yeah. right. Yeah, I do remember that. And you mm-hmm. go up like mm-hmm. the lightsaber, bring it down. And then there were yeah. like only you can only use it if there was a riot, remember? Yeah. Yeah, and cool. ours is like outside escorts. So if you leave, then you we didn't the carry time. them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you, did you carry OC spray on your belt? I think that's we, my I think, favorite. I think they mm-hmm. do now, but we never, we didn't even carry handcuffs when we started. We had to run to the office and sign them out. Yes, yeah, same with yeah. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> and they shared duty belts apparently. I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. Nobody is the same size waist. No. I know. No. no. We, uh, yeah, we didn't even, we had keys and gloves. That's, that's right. It. And that little, uh, mask in case you had to do like the cpr mask, oh, yeah. CPR yeah, mask. Yeah. and i'm like i'm not using that yeah no. and then yeah you so you'd run to the office to radio you're just to, to the inmate can you just hold on <laughs> i have to just get handcuffs could you just stop squirming and fighting me just hold on a second it's like say uncle like when you're fighting with your brothers or yeah <laughs> just oh. hold on a sec <laughs> yeah but you started after Sharon and I had both left so you started in 2015 and we had both I left 2012 Sharon left 2014 yeah so quite so, a bit had changed yeah and I still am in corrections I just fortunately unfortunately my uh mental health issues were sustained at 
work. So mm -hmm. I am on WCB and I'm getting a lot of aid um, than most people that get diagnosed with these things outside of the workplace. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I really feel that my time as an officer is done. Though. Is done. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Do you want to share a little bit about that and how you don't have to share it, like whatever you want to share, uh, how you found out you had it. Uh, just cause I think it's, it's valuable. Right. Uh, I, you know, I just want to do a backstory when I, please my first set, when I started, um, in Calgary, my supervisor looked at me and he said, why are you here? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, this is a toxic environment. This is a shitty workplace. He was like, you are way too positive. Get out, like go. And I was offended. I was like, how dare you? I'm going to be your boss one day. Like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and I'm stubborn as shit. So I'm like, no, like I wanted this career. Like I want to progress. I'm going to be a female director, you know, and uh, uh, circumstances had changed and me and my family had um, relocated. So we transferred and um, things before I moved were like, were all like altering in my brain, like the way uh, my kids going to the bus stop, I would watch them. And it was, I was always constantly making sure they were okay. They'd be at the park and I'd be watching them and I'd sneak down there to see. And then they'd be like, mom, did you come to the park? And I'm like, no, because I didn't want them to know that I was constantly worried about them. And then there was things happening and I would tell friends and they're like, you need to talk to somebody. And I'm like, I know, but I just would drink a bottle of wine and mm -hmm. drown my feelings and whatever. Mm -hmm. laugh about it and whatever and then eventually um it was October of last year and I was drinking a bottle of wine and I wasn't even getting drunk mm -hmm. and I was like this is a problem so um I took control and I went to the doctor and I talked to the doctor and we realized a lot of traumas that I really repressed I guess so we're just mm -hmm. working through that right now it's amazing mm -hmm. so and you recognize that in October uh by yourself like you recognized okay this is an issue for me yeah like wow. it was, that's I'm amazing yeah. yeah I was scheduling my drinking around sports or you know or what days they didn't have, like oh I could drink at five o'clock on this day because there's no sports or I can start drinking at five like you know and I was like that's my my kids deserve better than that and I do too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, my my story similar to yours and I'm sure you you heard it right like I as soon as the wine stopped working I went I went further I was like oh wow I'll mix some drugs with this then mm -hmm. and, and that's exactly it it's like and I, I I didn't realize there was anything wrong because I was getting messages from inside the toxic environment to say, yes. well, just drink wine. It'll, it'll shut your mind off. Like do that. Right. And I'm like, okay, yeah. perfect. Right. Like that's, and it, it, it absolutely does, but I'll tell you something like the mood swings that I had and oh. hung over every day. I had a headache every day. My husband's like, like, do you think your migraines are from drinking wine? Yeah. Uh, no. 
fuck off. My migraines yeah. aren't from drinking. My migraines are from not sleeping, actually. Uh, no, actually, they're probably from both. Um, right. So, and you're not sleeping because of the why. Right. And I, and I remember like I had just got, um, like a Fitbit. It wasn't a Fitbit. It was something else that tracked your heart rate. And, and even now, like I love, I love wine. I'm very careful with, uh, alcohol to this day, not to say that I don't drink it, but if I drink wine, my heart rate in the middle of the night is like skyrockets. I get like, I'll check it. And it's like 174 and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm going to die in my sleep. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so most days it's not worth it. Um, but yeah, my, my story is very similar to yours and just, you know, taking that first step is, mm-hmm. is massive. So you go see your doctor. He said, what, what does he say? Like you're my, doctor out, your is, my doctor's amazing. He, he has been my doctor since my middle child. So 10 years. Mm-hmm. So he's seen me and he knew like, as soon as I, cause he's in Calgary still, like I have phone appointments with him cause I haven't found anybody up here yet. I was going to say, are you in Edmonton? Cause it sounds like my doctor. He's amazing. I, <laughs> I'm, in, I, I'm in St. Albert. So I'm where you guys just okay. Well, I'll message you my doctor's name. I don't know if he's taking new people, but he's amazing. And he's been my doctor since 2004. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he was just like, yeah, like this is not okay. And, um, there's stuff that I can't talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and he was like, okay, we're going to deal with this. We're going to get to the problem. And he has been a hundred percent supportive of me and mental health. So, um, Fortunately, I just finished a screening. So I'm going to be joining the TPI program in August. Oh, so that's a good. 12 week program. So I get to do that, but it'll be like a full-time job. It's five days a week, four hours yeah. a day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we actually know someone who just went through it. So mm-hmm. yeah. okay. it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be really, really very good. Oh yeah. That's what I hear. So hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll be good. Great. Awesome. Awesome. So share a little bit about, uh, with us, like, so you, you go through, you go through that, you, so what has, what's happened since uh, October? And I, uh, you, I, you told us off screen, you got, we're diagnosed officially in December. Yes. Yeah. Uh, PTSD, uh, anxiety and severe depression. Right. Uh, so what has happened since that diagnosis? Did, did you feel like when you got that diagnosis, okay, now I can start to do something about it or was it like a very no okay tell us about that no when I got the when I got the diagnosis I was like obviously and then uh I would just continue to drink and then I'd be starting antidepressants and taking this and all this pill's not working well I'm gonna get drunk and I was an idiot and I stayed in my house for probably two months and I read I read a book a day I just read stories that were worse than mine, you know, just to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And finally in December, and then I was just like, oh, like this cannot be what is only my life. Like I've overcome so many things and I've had a lot of trauma in my past. And, you know, I'm like, I need to just move forward. So on New Year's Eve, I was like, let's do vision boards. And my family makes fun of me for everything that I suggest and they were like (laughs) (laughs) so I convinced three kids to do vision boards with me and I said that I wanted to find my passion because besides being a mom going to work and being a wife 
I had nothing. I don't, I don't play organized sports. I don't, I had nothing. Mm -hmm. This is massive. Hey, in this space, like I work with so many first responders and actually so many first responder spouses that are like, I have no idea what my passion and my purpose is. And, and as soon as you go through something as significant as you're going through, it's like, this can't be it. This can't be mm-hmm. right. And my, and like you said, your passion was to help people. And mine was the same. And it was like, I ended up turning that passion into not helping inmates, helping mm-hmm. first responders. How do I help first responders? Because yes. they're the ones that are really suffering here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and then you're on. wrapped up, you're sorry, you're wrapped up in that identity. Like that was part of it for me too. Like I'm a correctional officer, I'm a peace officer, a first responder. I was in that identity for so long, since 2002, yeah. and never left that. Like the first responder world is like, that's my jam, right? And that, and then like everything about it and everything else, my identity was wrapped into that until yeah, you, you find your purpose. And I'm, I'm with you on the vision boards because that's huge because it's like, I could see it, I can do it. Like I'm passionate about so many other things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And seeing it written down and you're like, yeah, like there's a lot of things I want to do for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone around you is better when you're good, right? Like hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So you do the vision board thing. What did you, what did that, what did you learn about yourself? So I was like, Hey, uh, my passion, like has always been entertaining people always been surrounding myself with positivity or giving positivity to others. And I was like a podcast, like mm-hmm. how else can I get my voice out to the world and the things that I have to say, like, and then I was like, and to be honest, I wasn't even a podcast listener. Mm-hmm. I had like one that I listened to once in a while. And now like I found you guys and I was like, oh my God, my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I started podcasting and I was like, this is my passion because it was getting me out of my comfort zone. I'm meeting people all over Canada. And then it led me to yes. TikTok, which I vowed I would never download. I've, I've had interviews with people in Ireland, you know, it's oh, so nice. cool like people you never think you would connect with I've now connected with and it really just took me out of my comfort zone in my comfort zone so I was in my home right and I was safe <laughs> yes. but I can make connections Absolutely. that still feel meaningful totally so cool yeah Sharon and I was kind of the same it was like we were always talking um and it didn't have to be about corrections we were just like this shit should be recorded yeah <laughs> somebody mm-hmm. needs somebody else needs to hear this uh and then we just kind of went for it which is which is all, right out of our comfort zone we have no completely we, we still don't know what we're doing no we <laughs> just and that's the, yeah that's the fun but to, it's complete like for me it's complete because I like I'm an introvert I like to be at home my friends are the same friends I've had for I don't know how long and then it was it's interesting now because it's like connecting and meeting new people like we met mm-hmm. so many new people and like I just feel like there's like Chad for example he's doing the walk across Canada and I'll see to see I had Chad on my podcast yeah. and it's like Chad. he's we he's like our brother now right we just love yeah. him and adore him and it's been so much fun and healing and 
purpose. And like I, I did the retreat for first responder spouses and I didn't even have to like go anywhere to find anybody. I was like, who's been on the podcast who has talked about that, right? Like, and I'm like, yeah. oh, you're all coming. You're all going to come you're into coming. this. And they're like, okay. Like Mo came and played, like Steve came and played his, um, his band. If you want someone cool on your podcast, he might, he might be willing to do that. He's yeah, like he'd Steve be willing. Was. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, Is yeah. he around Edmonton area? He's Airdrie. He's an Airdrie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and he has a band. He has a, a Newfie band. And he's... Uh, and they just released an album, actually. Yeah. Or uh, what is it called? A, I'm a Newfie. Oh, nice. Oh, you we'll, love him. He's we'll connect cool. you. Yeah. He's yes, awesome. Yeah, he's wicked. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly it, too. Like, I went on... Uh, do you know Sean Conahan? He has Up Talk podcast. Yes. Okay, so he was on our, I was on his podcast and then he came on our podcast, but it's so crazy because then he's like, you should, have, you should talk to this person. Yes. This person's really yes. cool. Like, and then it's like, we don't really have to find people. Everybody in this space is, and that's my favorite actually thing about it. It's not competitive. It's so collaborative yes. because it's like, let's help as many people as we can. And if that's through Sammy, if that's through unicorns, if that's through Chad, if that's through Sean, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many, um, there's so many things out there now that have, that can help first responders, whether it's just listening or, um, like resources, like the, the, the TPI program. I, I mentioned that to everybody. There's this new, um, uh, thing that they just got money for. It's called prospects. And they used to just do it with military. Um, I'll send you his name too. Dave Blackburn is his name, David Blackburn. So they just got uh, money to run it for first responders. So basically when you uh, decide, you don't have to be medically released. Uh, I don't believe. Uh, but when you decide that you don't want to do that career anymore, they put you through a program too, that helps you figure out. Uh, and then they have all of these people on board that oh. you go, so you don't have to start finding it. You don't have to go looking for something else. And I think that's, that was my biggest thing. The skills you pick up in corrections are so transferable to so mm -hmm. like my coaching. I remember when yeah. I met my mentor, I was like, uh, I, I, I don't have any coaching background. She's like, you did a psychology degree and you were a corrections officer who did like interview skills Mm -hmm. right as the cx2 we do all of it, right so then it's like mm -hmm. so basically what you're doing is you're you're gonna you're gonna move that over from you know interviewing an inmate finding out about their life making them a correctional plan deciding yeah. how to go forward strategically plan out their lives so they can reintegrate back into society we're just gonna change the words and you're gonna do that with pro-social human beings does that make sense mm -hmm. like, holy crap Absolutely. Exactly what that's exactly what coaching is, right? So it's yeah. it's so interesting because we leave that and we feel like now what? Oh great, now what, now what am yeah. I gonna mm -hmm. do? But those those skills are so transferable. So um there's so many things out there like Sammy and you'll find the and the people involved in these new initiatives to help first responders like really take care of themselves after they've gone through something like this. It, it's it's massive. I'm so great like yeah luckily this didn't happen to you even five years ago people that this right. happened right five years ago are still struggling they're they're because they don't they're worth these things they're mm -hmm. nobody even talked about it right like nope. it's so big now it's so amazing I'm so um excited that so many people are brave enough to go out and talk about it because that's where 
we allow other people to talk about it and yeah. share their stories. So yeah, ending cool. the stigma, normalizing me talking about it, you talking about yeah, it. Exactly. Sharon talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's going to talk about it. And I really love what you said about, you know, like how we're no, none of us are in competition together. No, like how many TV shows do you watch? Like how many movies do you watch? People listen to more than one podcast. I want to support you guys just as much as you guys support me. Like we are lifting each other up in this community. And regardless, if we never meet in person, I will support you guys forever. You know, because mm-hmm. I just feel like when I listened to your guys' podcast for the first time, I was feeling very lost in my whole, um, like what I was going to do, corrections, blah, 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 blah. And then I found you guys. And then you made me kind of put it back into check and back into reality and realize things that I was forgetting because I have been gone for so long. So good I thank that's you awesome. guys yeah. I thank you guys for your podcast <laughs> you know what? if that's all that's we awesome. ever do with this podcast uh, I'm I'm fulfilled with that hey Sharon right? yeah, and, exactly. and we hear that quite often because there are so many things that you want to say there are so many things that you're feeling but you're like am I the only one mm-hmm. right and then you hear other people and you're like okay 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 I'm not like I'm not I'm this is actually very and I I hate the word normal, but it actually is very normal to go. And like you said, I had like really great months and really bad ones and that's normal as well too. Right. So, um, but paying attention to it and knowing when, when to get out is, is very, is very huge. And, and, and maybe you will go back in a different capacity and maybe you won't go back at all. Um, either way, like, yeah, you, it's, it's a, it's an incredible experience. I will always say like my time in corrections, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I, I can't even imagine doing something else. Um, and, and like I said, it is, it has carried me forward significantly. And I always think, you know what, I'm grateful for that. I, and and hindsight's 2020, right? Like you always Mm -hmm. think, why is this happening to me? Uh, when, when like 10 years later, you're like, oh, that was happening for me. It was like, (laughs) you know what, Lauren, you're, this is not where you belong. You're, and I'm the same as you. I would be like, okay, Lauren, I'd like pull into the, the, the the parking lot and be like, just be positive, just be positive. Mm -hmm. And I would walk in and someone coming off night shift would be like, and then I'd go, I wouldn't even get from the front gate to like the briefing room and I'd be like fuck this place and then my copy <laughs> from the Tim Hortons is wrong they like fucked it up again and I was just like mad like right off the, and I'm like and I told yes. I had a pep talk in my car with myself and it didn't last five minutes and yeah, yeah I was right back yeah, to like, it hey uh, good morning what's so fucking good about it like exactly. okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally yeah and and I and I I I felt it took me actually a really long, cause I was always positive, uh, leading up to that. And then it took me a long time to like flip it back to be mm-hmm. like, I was always like, and I don't think I was negative at the jail, but I had the potential to be influenced very quickly and oh, yeah. take on that persona yeah. of like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just as pissed off as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. It, and I, re- I remember the one day I was like, okay, uh, and I don't know how I, I must've been away or something because what we knew, like we had a really good idea when there was like a big search happening at the jail. And if you were like 
in the Appity app you knew. So you traded that shift with someone who was like <laughs> workier than you because they don't know. So you're just like, I got to get rid of this one. Or I'm out of here. Yeah. You book FRL or you're like, I'm not fucking going. And yeah. I remember that day I like got my coffee, pulled into the jail and I was like, it is going to be like a good, it's going to be a good day. I'm going to make it a good day. And I walked in and they were like, we're, we're searching the whole institution. I was like, fuck me. I'm like, it'll never, like, just so mad it like in a second right and I'm like yeah. I hated it so much but if I would have just changed you know how I felt like just said you know what Lauren it's fine you're gonna just search yeah, all day make some jokes get a good partner you know right but I remember and that was like probably the longest shift I ever had at corrections just like minute by minute shoot me shoot me now somebody <laughs> <Yeah>. please <laughs> searching and that yeah well one of my least favorites so, yeah one of my least favorites too okay uh we want to ask you one more thing before we go um and it's something we haven't we haven't really asked but Sharon and I thought about it we were thinking about questions that we wanted to ask people and because this is from uniforms to uniforms podcast we want to know um what about you is most unicorn like does that make sense? Uh, I think that for me, I am way too bubbly, and but it draws people and it makes people talk even if they don't want to talk. <laughs> and uh, it, I, I tend to overshare, which makes people overshare. <laughs> so it's just my personality is very rare. And I've always heard that. And, you know, it's this I, I can convince people to do things that maybe they don't want to do. Just by being bubbly and maybe probably just annoying them more than anything. <laughs> just do it and she'll go away. Yeah, totally right. <laughs> I feel I get that sometimes too. I get that sometimes too. Awesome. Okay. Well, is there, uh, so you have two podcasts. We mentioned them at the beginning, uh, yeah, but is there anything, Sammy, 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 keep, a, no, keep it no, simple. Keep Sammy, it simple. keep it simple. Sammy. Right. And Holy hood. Yeah. With Sam and Jen. Okay. And Jen is from where? Medicine hat. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And you guys yeah. collaborated on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, we, we met on TikTok and we, uh, got along because we both have addiction and five kids and mental health problems and we like funny tiktoks and then went from there that's amazing that's awesome so yeah. good yeah that's very cool and you you just start when did you guys start that one uh we're only on episode 10 tomorrow coming out Ooh, yay yeah, so. amazing amazing yeah. Yeah, it was good. And then keep it simple, Sammy. I didn't shut up. There's like 66 episodes of that. <laughs> and that's just you? That's yeah. just you? Well, well no, I interview yeah, people yes. like Chad yeah. and other yeah. people I met. But yeah, primarily me. Oh, that's, that's amazing. amazing. It's so, so good. good. It's such a and good. that's on Apple and Spotify. Like people can find it. We'll yeah. put it in the show notes so they can yeah. get to it. And... Yeah. yeah, it's everywhere that you can find podcasts pretty much. Amazing. Good. Good. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to share with us or? I just want to thank you guys so much for having me on here. No, thank you for being here. This is cool. I love fun. I love these conversations. Yeah. Same. And I, and I feel like I wasn't having them with people in law enforcement as much because I was trying not to. 
but then yeah like I said when I found your guys podcast and I was like oh this is good I needed this mm-hmm. and, and it's a different yeah anyone in emergency services or anything like that is it's easy to keep things going right because you you understand that that lifestyle and all of those things so yeah we totally appreciate you being here yes uh thank you so much and uh we'll share all your stuff in the show notes and we will chat soon awesome thank you ladies so much well that's all for this episode thanks so much for listening you can find us on instagram at from uniforms to unicorns uh, on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Speaker, all of those. Also feel free to subscribe. You'll be notified of new episodes that come out and we always love a review. Also feel free to share with anybody you would enjoy. We also want to send a big thank you to Jamie Green for being our podcast editor and to Jeff Bale at Third Hell Music for our soundtrack. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day, love. Lauren and Sharon. Sharon.